But where are you really from? But where are you really from? Hey everyone, I'm Angela Lin, and I'm Jesse Lin, and welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From? Today we're talking about creepy men. Ooh. Why are we giving creepy men a spotlight? This idea for this topic was sparked by a recent example I had in Taiwan. I was the main person leading everyone around because I was with Ramon and his parents. I was the only one who could speak Chinese. And we took taxis everywhere because Ramon's dad can't walk too far of distances at a time. Anyways, so because we're four people, I always had to sit in the front. And for our little, like, not real wedding banquet, but like delayed luncheon with my extended family. I was wearing a dress, but not like a wedding dress, just like a normal dress. But anyways, so getting into the car, the dress is like when I was standing, it's like fine. It hits, it hit like mid thigh. But anyone who's worn a dress knows that when you then sit down, it rises up. So when I was getting into the taxi, I already was like, ugh, like it's riding up a little bit. And I could just feel the eyes of the driver, like, watching me getting in and, like, adjusting my dress down. And I was like, I hate this. I hate all of this. So, yeah, that was my recent experience. He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. But it's just, sometimes you don't even need that. You just see, you feel the eyes watching in a creepy-ass way. And that's enough to make you feel icky. How about you? You got a recent experience? Um, I will say that I have the privilege of being a male presenting person. So I don't really get as much catcalling creepy behavior like that. But I will say on apps and on the internet, I think people are like a little bit too confident and free in how they approach you that it can come off as like very, it is, it is very creepy, like how they approach you. And of course, like the situation has changed quite a bit since I first came out in gay world. But like when I was first coming out in gay world, there was this whole like Gaysians are only bottoms and they're like these femboys that bottom for white guys and that whole thing was just extremely toxic and reinforced by a lot of interactions that I had with older men. I think what bothers me the most is that there's this assumption that your body, your attractiveness is something for them to consume and like they have the right to consume it. And it it's weird because it's like just because I put that out there doesn't mean like you have the right to anything and if I'm not comfortable in how you are thinking about approaching me I'm not comfortable and and that I don't owe anyone anything so sounds like from what you're saying a lot of the areas creepy men exist within gay world are online when it's kind of online dating or hookup environment and being kind of creepy in the way that they make assumptions about you or what they can expect from you And also you'd mentioned touch, so I'm assuming in like public spaces like bars or clubs or things like that. Like what what other are the main ways that creepy men present themselves in gay world? Because I'm trying to, I imagine there's some crossover, but 
I think there's some specific things that are for women. There are a few either trans or more feminine presenting people that I'm friends with, and they face actually very much the same thing as as you mentioned. So they actually, people do catcall at them. There's this person that's kind of tangentially in my friend network who had posted about how someone had followed them back into their building, basically being like, well, if you want to hook up, like, I'll hook up with you. And and it was just, it was so bizarre. I was like, this is really uncomfortable. I cannot believe that people do this. And I, I think it's, it's, the experience is very different depending on how you present in terms of how people approach you. And I want to say that the, the creepiest behavior happens to people who present the most them in a way uh yeah i didn't mention catcalling you actually mentioned catcalling but yes that is a huge aspect i think every woman probably has experienced them this in some way or another and it's funny because every every society has this i remember when i was abroad in college and i would travel with these two girls from my program to different countries and everywhere we went, it didn't matter. Like, I remember specifically Italy because I was like, the hell is this? They made a specific noise. It was like, tss, tss, tss. And I was like, the hell? But everywhere we went, we just hear, tss, tss, like, follow us. And that was their cat call. And I was like, oh my God, what the Literal hell Literal cat calling. That's how I call to my cat. Oh, yeah. Tss, kind of hissing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hissing. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we had that. And then, yeah, actually in in Naples, which is funny because I know your friend is stationed there, but I remember not enjoying Naples too much because we were getting catcalled everywhere and we we were getting followed. Like there were two two instances we were being followed. Like there was one where it was a guy walking behind us and he was literally following us for quite some time. And then there was a car that was just like driving literally right next to us at I mean we're walking, right? So they had to slow down to like walking speed. And yeah, it's just really uncomfortable because it's kind of like, I'm just existing in the world. I didn't ask for any attention from you and suddenly like, I can't shake you. I don't know if you have public space, general kind of like unannounced and not made into a big deal, like grazing of your body. But it's literally like I'm walking through some space and suddenly I feel a hand graze my boob or my butt or something and there and I look around and I cannot tell who it even was or, or why it happened and it's just like what the fuck like it goes to what you're saying where people just feel like they have some sort of claim on your body just because you exist also because these are not instances where I'm trying to put myself out there in any way like I'm existing in the world and somehow you think that you just have the right to do something to me that I did not want or ask and then a lot of times in these instances, you're not even brave enough to, like, admit that you did it because you just silently, like, disappear into the background. And I will add, like, just because you are putting yourself out there, like, you're at a club, you're at a bar, that doesn't mean anyone can just touch you without asking you. Like, there are a lot of times when I go out and I just want to dance with my friends. Like, it's not an experience where I'm trying to pick anyone up or, like, meet anyone new. And also, I will say um, one thing that I'm... I personally didn't experience, but I feel like it's a big thing for the gay community and maybe parts of the straight community with like the whole Jeff Jeffrey Epstein thing. But like people in the community who are like well-established using their position in the community to like 
be like, oh, like I can bring you into my friends. I can bring you into like parties. I am like well connected. Like I can get you a job and stuff like that. And that is a creepy thing to do because you're effectively leveraging your position and your power to like entice someone to do something that they may or may not be comfortable with. Um, I definitely do feel like there is something of that nature, especially for people who are young and coming out and have moved to a new location and they're looking for like friendship, companionship, like guidance. It's really easy for someone in a particular position to like swoop in and really take advantage of that. Okay, so let's kind of move on a little bit. I think we want to talk about why exactly creepy men are creepy. Like, what is it about them and their behavior that makes us feel a certain way? I think this has many different aspects. And one of the first ones we wanted to talk about is how it may or may not be related to consent. And we already started touching on this. Like, I didn't give you consent to touch my body. I didn't give you consent to, like, say certain things especially about my physical appearance or whatever towards me i've actually i had a lot of sexual harassment against me when i was in uh retail so many people sexually harassed me just like all the time and i was i had to deal with it because nordstrom spent two days onboarding brainwashing us to think customers always right like Nordstrom's known for customer service, so you never talk back to the customer, like blah, 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 blah. So they brainwashed you into thinking this way. So then when people said or did things towards me, which was very frequent as the only woman working in the men's shoes department. But yeah, these are not people that I'm trying to have like any sort of more than employee and customer relationship. And in a lot of cases with like walking down the street and stuff, it's like, I didn't even know you existed until you said something super creepy or started randomly following me or calling out to me or whatever. So there's no consent in any way in all of these instances. So for me, I, yeah, it's always about like, there was no consent at all here. And that's why it feels extra intrusive. I feel like specific for at least my experience as a gay man, consent is like, it's very loose right personally i try to make sure that like every time i am hitting on someone like talking to someone i'm like is this okay with you or i'm like trying to read very carefully like are they interested or not and if i if i get the sense that they're like just kind of feeling really awkward like i will just you know back off and go away or do something else but i do feel like sometimes consent is a little bit fluid I think I was watching Trixie Mattel or something, a drag queen talk about it, but basically it's like consent in the gay community is almost like if you touch someone and you're like, if you're interested in you, it's good. And then like, if you're not interested, it's bad. And it depends on how attractive the person is. But I don't like to think about it like that. It's more like, it's hard at the initial stage to be like, does this person consent? Because you're just approaching them. But I think there is like a respectful way to like approach someone to say hi at a party, like tapping them, being like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, I think you're cute, whatever, as opposed to like grabbing them. And so I do feel like the consent is a little bit wonky because I think some people, myself included, will accept someone grabbing me. And if I'm not interested, I'll be like, go away and that'll be fine. But where it becomes creepy man territory is if the person persists and is like not reading the situation and they're just like continuously on you, like trying to get with you. And you're just like, this is not like 
No. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods market. Hey listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at where are you from pod, on TikTok at but where are you really from, subscribing to our YouTube channel under but where are you really from podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com slash where are you from. Thanks y'all. I think I get what you're saying. It's just different because I also not a big partier anymore. I'm like really old in that respect. But if I'm imagining yeah. back to my like single days <laughs> and going out to like bars or clubs or whatever, the equivalent for me is, and I'm sure every woman who's been to a club has had this experience, is the fucking like unannounced grinding that comes up from behind you that like suddenly you feel somebody right up against your butt trying to dance with you and then you turn around to see who it is and almost a hundred percent of the time I've had someone do that to me it's not someone I wanted to be doing that with and when I was really young like the first year of college 18 or whatever we went clubbing a lot because it was just like it's what everyone does or whatever every time it was someone gross and I was too nice to say no so I would let it go on for so long. And I was like, what am I doing? Yeah, it's it's a lot of, it's bad because when it comes to the idea of consent, it also requires you as a person receiving potential like attention that you don't want to have the courage to stand up for yourself if the other person is not getting the hint or not respecting your boundaries. And if you aren't used to telling people no and like creating boundaries for yourself, it's easy to fall into these creepy situations and not know how to get yourself out just because you're kind of too nice to do anything otherwise. I, I do agree with you. I think that's the main difference. Like usually the kind of behaviors I'm talking about where people will touch you, I'm in like a very hypersexualized party environment. So like a lot of that is happening. In the same vein though, like I, I think it is so important that everyone who is in that environment is like continuously finding consent for what they're doing because just because you agree to chat with someone does not mean that you want to make out with them or do anything more than that and i think sometimes that's where it can go very quickly from like fine to creepy because people are like oh like you're you're down to chat all right like let's make out and you're like no, 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 like, I just want to, you just seem like a nice person to have a conversation with. And I think that's, that's, again, it's just a whole, like, people will assume they can have a piece of you just because something is happening. And yeah, I, I just feel like that happens in a, in a lot of different spaces, regardless of if you are gay or straight. I think for a lot of women, a big part of why creepy men are creepy and we have fear or anxiety around these types of situations is that rape culture is a thing. And as women, I'm in a vulnerable position in this world. 
Because if somebody decides that they want to commit violence against me, it's not something I can do too much about. And that is terrifying. So anytime that I feel that creepiness around me, it's really traumatizing for me because I'm imagining multiple steps ahead where if this were to turn really sideways, that could be the end result. And it's not far-fetched to think that if someone just decided, I don't care that much about these rules in society, like that could happen to me. And it hasn't, thankfully. But I think I've had enough situations where like I was maybe one or two steps removed from like that could have happened. And it's it's a terrifying feeling. And it's something that is horrible because I also bring it into how I view men in general, which is very unfair because creepy men don't represent all men. But because this subset of humans do exist and they make me feel a certain way with their behavior, it makes me extra suspicious of all men and their intent when they interact with me. Like personally, I feel like I have the privilege of not having to face that particular fear, but I know that that is not the experience for many of the people in the gay community. Like there are like countless example, countless examples of people who have gone out and been taken advantage of by other people, whether they were just like intoxicated of their own volition or they were drugged or whatever, but like I think the threat of violence does hang over a lot of members of the community and some more than others for sure. For myself, I've never, I I don't think I've particularly felt the threat of sexual violence in like a normal environment. Um, So I think we're getting into like, what are our coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms against these types of things? This is not my main one, but it just, I just like thought of it while you were talking is I don't really wear dresses often. I don't wear dresses because I don't want people to have easy access to my body. And that's, I know that's a pretty extreme view because many women wear dresses and skirts all the time without that fear, but it's something that's ingrained in me and it's part of why I don't elect to wear dresses often. But my main defense is looking and emitting as tough of a vibe as possible when I'm walking down the street. So that's kind of like my main defense. And also just being very vigilant. And I don't know if this is a good thing because I mentioned that it affects just the way I see men in general, which is not fair. But I'm very suspicious of all men all the time. Like when I'm walking down the street, honestly, I'm very aware of who is around me at all times because I don't want some surprise thing where someone can like grab me off the street because I didn't notice that they were behind me or next to me or whatever. Um, And again, I don't know if that's a good thing, but these are kind of like my main defense mechanisms is I'm just like always vigilant, always aware, always trying to put off like a don't fuck with me energy. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to protect myself. The constant vigilance piece is like quite important, actually, like, and I'm sure it's much more heightened for you with the fear of sexual violence. But also for me, I'm just always constantly looking at people's faces to see if there's like something tick 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 not right not quite right and then obviously like the next thing is i try to give like wide berth to anyone that i'm like i i don't think that i I should be next to this person i will walk across the street i will walk the other way back where i came from even like to avoid that whoever it is that i don't think um looks safe um i will say like Maybe not in a daily environment, but like a go out environment. I almost never go out by myself. In fact, like I make it a point to always drag like a friend with me 
I think that learning to say no has been really important and just being like, I don't want this kind of attention from you. And I will say for the most part, I think like even though you might be in a go out space with a lot of other people that you don't know, I feel like you can pull random people from the crowd to support you and being like, dude, back off. Like, that's not okay. So it's it's mostly like leveraging friends, leveraging other surrounding people to really defend your own space and like push a person away from your space. I love that. And I want to double down on what you said about you mentioned saying no, learning to say no. And you mentioned the like not being afraid to cross the street or turn around or do whatever. I really want people to take that message home because it's again something that I wasn't able to do early on when I still felt like I was imposing this idea in my own head that that's like really rude or like mean or biased or something. But when it comes to your personal safety, fuck being polite or fuck politeness because a lot of times people and women in particular have a hard time saying no or doing something that they perceive as being rude or mean aka anything to do with advances or being in a particular situation because they don't want to come off as being rude or whatever and it's like fuck that your safety comes first so I definitely believe that. And the crossing the street thing is interesting because I, I always think that where I'm like, oh, we, we slightly made eye contact. So you can, you can see that I'm about to like cross the street or whatever. But honestly, I'd rather cross the street and to minimize the, the potential like encounter we might have than know that we've made eye contact now and I'm going to have to like cross you and maybe you decide you want to do something. No, 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 no. I'm going to rather be quote unquote rude and cross the street and protect myself. And I will add one last thing, which I think is something that everyone hears as they learn to go out, but always buy your own drink unless you're, unless you're like, unless it's a really good friend, you know, super well that is getting your drink. Never take a drink from anyone else. And take your drink to the bathroom. If you're in a party environment, don't leave it anywhere. So it's 2023 and it seems like creepy men behavior has not really dropped off throughout the years. Why do you think that is? Because they continue to get away with it. I think it's hard to think that it's a totally not okay thing to do when you continue to get away with it. In one way or another, like, we're not always talking about the extremes of sexual violence or whatever, but, like, catcalling and whatever. Like, most people don't do anything when they're catcalled. They're just like, I'm just going to ignore and, like, keep walking because it's too much of a thing to, like, exert energy to yell back, like, what the hell or whatever. And actually, most of the time when I've heard stories about someone who actually, like, confronts a catcaller, the catcaller is, like, very embarrassed. It's like, oh, oh, God, I'm being called out. But because most people don't call them out, they're like, oh, this is normal and okay. Or even he or she wanted it because they didn't say anything otherwise. So I think that's a lot of it. It's just like they've gotten away with it so long. It's like and haven't had any real like anyone saying anything back or real like consequence to it. That They're like, this is normal behavior. I'm going to go like super meta with it. And I think it has a lot to do with the culture of how men see women as belongings and not as people and i'll give this anecdote so i have this friend who's who's bi and he came out maybe like a couple years ago he's part of our friend group now we love him to death but he would tell me stories about how going out with the gays the guys is more fun than going out with the straight guys because 
he would say like when you're going out the straight guys like it's like this competition to see who can bag most girls and so I, I i listened to that and i'm like where is this culture coming from where people think that other people are like a body count like that that whole kind of like idea that i think kind of culture is so pervasive and toxic because people don't question it they're like yeah this is this is what i do with my boys of course if you like talk to someone like that it'll be very similar to as if you confronted the crack caller they'd be like well I, I would never like exact sexual violence against a woman but it establishes like this little baseline in every guy's head that like women are property just like this little bit but that i think that little bit is enough for certain people to grow into this whole thing that turns them into creepy men turns them into predators, turns them into people that exert sexual violence against other people. And people don't want to address it or admit it because people will be like, oh, that's just boys being boys. Like, this is just boy talk. Like, that's just kind of how it is. Instead of being like, well, where did that come from? Like, why do they talk like that? Who taught them that? And like, is that okay? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. But as you're saying that, it's really interesting because I just listened to a podcast where it was a professor who... It specializes in teaching about like the differences between sex and a big part of it is related to the animal kingdom and how humans are also animals of some sort. So like learnings that may come from there. And what you described is very animalistic. I mean, ultimately, from like a an animal standpoint, a human race also wants to keep reproducing and male things in any animal kingdom are always fighting with each other to spread their seed in the most crude way. So they are like the the winners of those instances are the ones who can claim the female version of their animal as their own and create offspring with them. And that's obviously not human worlds, but I do think there is still like ancient programming from that animalistic standpoint that is in the back of the head of like all people just because we are animals of some sort that like oh it's natural that like the males of any animal group are like kind of the top and that they should compete with each other to get female attention for the sake of claiming the female as their own whether to reproduce or not i understand what you're saying there is obviously like within every person there's an animalistic drive to procreate because those are like the two main things that you do as an animal you eat and you procreate but i just feel like it's very strange to give language to that in that way that i feel like it is a societal thing as opposed to like an innate thing the innate thing is like your desire to procreate right but the way that you refer and speak to a person that is societal and that is learned and so that's the piece i'm kind of speaking to because that sits on top of kind of the, the desire that you're talking about but it's kind of like why is that the case you know like in the animal kingdom there are many different ways that guys uh, male animals vie for like female animals attention like if you look at birds there's a peacock it's got a beautiful plume perfectly acceptable we love peacocking guys they're really dickbags sometimes because they just show off all the nice things that they have but like great that's not sexual violence we love that and you that's not like referring to females in a very derogatory way or treating them like objects you know so it's it's kind of like the way that women are referred to and the way that women are seen by Oh, let's say kind of like males overall 
in general, that's troubling to me because I don't know where that comes from and like why that exists. Totally. I mean, it's definitely, it boils down to the values of each society and each family that raises kids because they are, they become what they were brought up with. There's also a reason why not everyone is a creepy man because they were brought up well and understand the importance of respecting another person and their consent and all that stuff. It's hard to say, right? Upbringing is a huge part of it and it's not the only thing, but Creepy men are a smaller proportion of the overall population, and it's a given that any at least small percentage of the population was not brought up well for one reason or another, whether it was mirrored in the way that they were, like their family or male figures were in their families. Like, it's actually pretty fucked up because, again, I watch a lot of true crime things, and a lot of these serial killers or, like, people that commit really horrible things They had a lot of trauma as children, whether that was sexual violence against them or like some other violence or trauma that happened to them. So it's very common that people who grew up with this stuff thinking that that was normal or not thinking was normal, but feeling like now I have the right to like get back at the world for what happened to me. So it's perpetuating thing a lot of times and it doesn't have to be that extreme but just like if you had a father who talked to your mom in a specific way you probably learn that that's the normal way to talk to women i i definitely agree that, that there's some you know family upbringing background i also think that there's a big component of just like societal pressure right like if you were in a group of guys eight out of ten heard you referring to a woman in a derogatory manner and they were all like hey man that's that's not cool you probably stop And the reason that the culture persists is because 8 out of 10 men do not do that. Exactly. No one wants to stand out in a quote-unquote bad way. Um, And yeah, I know this is a while ago, but the whole time we were talking, this kept just being like in the back of my mind. But do you remember? Obviously, Axe body spray still exists. But I don't know if you remember when it came out that like the unofficial tagline that the whole company rallied around to come up with the marketing and stuff behind Axe was fuck the cheerleader. So that was just like... I don't remember that. Yes, it came out that that was like the guiding light for the brand. So Axe is very extreme, you know, in the like super hyper masculine, like traditional sex roles. But I do think that kind of mentality definitely still exists and is definitely still pervasive in a lot of ways that men across the world think. And U.S. is one thing, but honestly, from like a compared to other countries standpoint, we're not as bad. I'm, I'm going to put that out there because I'm living in Asia now. There are a lot of strong, independent women in the U.S. who like do their own shit, who carry their families, who own businesses and all that stuff. So yes, this dynamic still exists, but like there are enough women that are seen as like really strong figures that it's not such a obvious like patriarchal society as opposed to like, honestly, like, hey, you know, I love Japan, but I've been here now and like, thankfully I'm married already. So I don't have to deal with the dating potential here, but we've met enough friends that are women here and they've talked about dating being kind of rough because especially if they don't subscribe to that idea of like women are domestic, blah, blah, blah. 
they're like, yeah, dating's tough because every man I meet thinks that my job is to like serve him. Like he's going to have a job and I'm going to stay at home, pop out some kids and I'm going to have dinner waiting. Like exactly what you think of when you think of like 1950s America is like literally how they still think here in Japan, largely not everyone, but like it's, it is a societal construct that still exists of like, this is the normal way that men and women interact with each other that the woman is commonly without a job and like at home and is mainly within the domestic world and man provides so like u.s doesn't have that as the default thinking anymore so uh, like at least there's that but yeah i i think society and what values society has dictated as normal plays a huge part on top of the whatever upbringing you had listeners we hope you were able to vibe with us on this episode in terms of agreeing to some of the things that we've said. Maybe some of those encounters we recapped also resonated with you in the sense that you also had a very similar encounter. We would love to hear from you in terms of how you best resolved an encounter with a creepy man. I think it would be great for us to share all of our tips and tricks in protecting ourselves and keeping ourselves having a safe and fun time. And come back next week because we will have another fresh episode for you then. And until then, bye, bitches. bitches.